Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another wonderful Friday evening, and uh, thank you for that, Zeke. And uh, we just simply, first of all, say thank you for those gathered here in the room who've come out to hear the sharing of the word. And uh, thank you for those who will be tuning in through Facebook. And uh, Lord, we just ask for your anointing. God, your anointing on my beautiful wife to preach your word. Lord, not what we want to say, but what you want to say tonight. Lord, I ask for your peace and your joy. Mandy hasn't felt the greatest today, but I pray that in her weakness, you would be strong through her, God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, direct us this whole evening. Lord, help us to hear what you're saying to us as individuals, as a, as a ministry, and um, direct our time of prayer. But we want to leave this place more in love with you, changed by you, uh, captivated by you, Lord. Touch us through your word tonight, Lord. And you know what everybody needs. And I pray that you would speak to those issues tonight by your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Take it away. Yes. Yes, Jesus, we love you tonight, God. We are gathered for you. Lord, we just thank you so much for your great love for us. Would you touch our hearts, God? I pray for you to anoint my words and help me to communicate the things that you're wanting me to share, that you flow through me and that each person would be just touched by you tonight and that your love would be poured out over them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, everybody. Okay. All right. So I'm going to be sharing. My title of my message is Awaken My Heart. And first, I'm just going to share with you guys a dream I had. This was in August of 2020. In the dream, there was this long, beat up red vehicle, and it was just full of people. And there was like this rope attached to the front of this vehicle, and it was being pulled just along you know, just nicely. Then all of a sudden, this rope, the person pulling this vehicle, went like this to the vehicle. So the back wheels were the only things touching the ground. The front wheels were completely lifted up off the ground. And even before I saw the car being tilted like that, I felt in my heart that the Lord say, that I am going to wake up my church in a way that they do not expect. And then I see the, the tilting of the car, you know, and the people in the back going, ah, you know, like, what is happening? And, um, you know, I didn't see the person pulling the vehicle, but I felt like the Lord say that was me, like that was me pulling that vehicle. And he just wanted to highlight to me in that dream that he is going to wake up his church in an unconventional way. And... I was just thinking about that dream more and more, and obviously 2020 was a year that that really happened, and it's continuing and continuing on, you know? And, you know, like, God so wants our hearts 
that sometimes he will cause there to be a great shaking across the globe. And he so wants our hearts to be awakened and our eyes to be turned to him that sometimes things happen that shake us up, that shake the nations, that we could, that we would just focus on him and be like, God, what are, what are you doing? And where you begin that dialogue with the Lord of what is happening. And when you have that prayer time with the Lord and just, and just pour your heart before him, God wants our hearts and he wants us to be awakened in a greater way. And I love this quote by Mike Bickle. It relates just to the end times and, you know, what's going on even. Uh, he says, God uses the least severe means to produce the greatest number of people at the deepest level of love without violating anyone's free will. So God uses the least severe means to produce the greatest number of people at the deepest level of love. Like he wants our hearts to have deep love. So sometimes he uses things like look at the book of revelation, you know, the, the seals, the, the bowls, the trumpets, like sometimes God uses those things to awaken our hearts because he wants a deep love in our hearts. And we really have two options in that when things happen, when we are shaken, when, um, unexpected things happen, we have two options. Either one, we can choose to be offended at God for allowing blank and blank to happen, or we can just choose to trust God and his leadership and use that circumstance to draw us closer to his heart and understanding who he is and what is going on. So I know for me, I know you guys too, like I want to be, I don't want to be offended or, or um, just bitter or unforgiving in that hour. Like when I don't understand what's going on, I want to draw near to God and uh, just seek to understand like what he's doing, you know? So I'm going to go through just a couple points, but number one, I just wanted to discuss what does it mean to wake up? Because my title is Awaken My Heart. What does it mean to wake up? Obviously physical, the opposite of being awake is being asleep. So obviously that's like physical realm, like you're awake when you're awake. It's kind of a hard to really describe, but it's basically just being spiritually alert, sober-minded, having a basic understanding of key Bible truths of things like God's love, of his forgiveness, salvation, eternity. Everything going okay there, babe? Uh, keep going. I'm going to just uh, work on this for a second. Okay. So, um, you know, the enemy wants us to be in like a spiritual slumber where we're just unaware of really like the spiritual realm and what God is doing. He doesn't want us to to know or he just, he just wants us to be like, unaware, you know, pretty much of the power of prayer, of, of every, you know, of, of like kingdom realities. But um, I love Ephesians one seventeen. This is God's heart. God yearns for us that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So God wants us to be awakened and to have that understanding and to have that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, and that our eyes would be enlightened. And like I love it because it's like, why? So that we could know the hope of our calling. We can know what God's called us to. And so that we could understand his riches of the glory of his inheritance. Like, what is our inheritance in him? And there's just, 
and, and also what is the exceeding greatness of his power? He wants us to have wisdom and revelation also because he wants us to understand the greatness of his power toward us who believe. Like that is so powerful, guys. If you just meditate on these verses, there's so much greatness and power and love that he wants to share with us. And he wants us to enter into that spirit of wisdom and revelation. And when we do, we're going to, that's, that's going to help us to be really awakened that, that we're not spiritually sleeping. You know, I know for me personally, sometimes I just need to step back and realign my heart with like what is important in this life because we just live in such a fast paced society. And, um, you know, I have obviously five kids. I'm, I work part time as a nurse, do ministry, and I homeschool my kids. And so, like, just all these responsibilities and stresses sometimes just I feel like weighing me down, you know? And I know. Sometimes when stress and just worry are like magnified in my life, I realize like my focus and my priorities are off. I don't know if you guys notice that either, like too, but when there's like things in my life over here that like I just feel more stress and worry, I'm like, okay, that means like my focus and priorities are off. Like I'm not really focusing on God as, you know, as much as I should. And I really need to take that to the Lord. And, uh, even a couple days ago, actually it was yesterday, I just, I had this, a few like just stresses and worries on my heart, and uh, I, I was on call for work, which means I, I was pretty much available any time that day to go see a client if necessary, and so I was asked to go see a client out in Kiwani for lunch, and it was a one-hour drive there and a one-hour drive back, and I just remember like feeling that like this is like a divine setup, like because I love my travel time, like with the Lord, because I just God always meets my heart. So it really was a divine setup because I felt like I went into that vehicle one way, and I and when I got out of that car, I was like a new person. <laughs> it was like God was just I just felt like the Lord was sitting next to me in my car ride, just listening as I'm just pouring out my the, the stress and the worries of my heart and I just remember feeling like like this weight just lifting off of me and and like just this thought like how Jesus is such a faithful companion and how he is just he loves to listen to us you know as as a friend like I love when my friends open up and share share with me their struggles and uh you know maybe for 10 or 15 minutes that's that's great but for that friend to do it day after day after day, like me want them, want them to continue to pour their heart over and over to me. Like, I don't know if I really want that personally as a friend. Like, I don't necessarily think that makes me a bad friend. I just don't necessarily want to hear that friend's struggles for like hours a day or, you know, day upon day. But like, Jesus is so much different than I am. Like, he is such a faithful companion. He loves it when we just pour out our hearts to him, when we pray, worship, when we just tell him our struggles. And he is called like the wonderful counselor. And that's what I felt like he did with me in that, that vehicle. And this isn't really even part of my sermon, but um, <laughs> it's a little, little uh, bunny, bunny trail, trail, I guess. Um, so he is just such a faithful companion, you guys. Like I just was hit with that revelation on my trip, just how he just loves to listen to us. And like, it's not just that he listens, but he actually helps us. He counsels us. And then he has to actually answers our prayers too. And he gives us peace. It's just, he's just so awesome. You guys praise God. Okay. So kind of going back to what I was my, my theme of my sermon. Um, okay. So basically just 
simplified, I feel like being awakened um, basically means just having a biblical understanding, and then that biblical understanding therefore empowers our actions and our responsibility, our actions and our moods and the way that we live our life it changes the way we think and live, and so. Let's just realign our hearts day after day to like what's really important. And when we feel those those tendencies to worry or stress, let's go to our faithful companion, Jesus, who loves to listen to us. Colossians 3, 2, set our, your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth, or on, not on the things of the earth, for our life is hidden with Christ and God. So it's so important what we focus on and, uh, you know, focusing means just to pay attention to. It means to concentrate on that, that thing or, or, you know, someone or something. So that's what we need to do day after day. We have to realign our hearts, our focus, because he's the one thing that really matters. Okay, so I'm going to share, too, um, just a little story from the hospital when I, when I worked there. This was years ago. And this is just like a story for you know, tying it in like a story for you guys to believe for people in your own lives who maybe are in a spiritual slumber. I believe that we all have like a little bit of spiritual slumber maybe in this area of our life, whether it be like understanding the power of prayer, or maybe it's over here in our, um, you know, evangelism or in um, our quiet times, or there's, there's just so many like little things, or maybe our worries or finances or, you know, family or whatever it is, like we all kind of are slumbering, I feel like somewhat in like certain areas of our lives that we just want to be awakened to understand the fullness and what God's really emphasizing and what's important to him. But I want to share the story just as an encouragement, like to believe for people in your own life who are in a spiritual slumber, meaning who are maybe not even Christians, or maybe they are Christians, but they're just kind of um, not really living for the Lord because God is a God that can open our understanding. Luke 24, 45 says, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So I love, I love that about the Lord. So I was taking care of this patient. This was my second day taking care of her. And whenever I would go in the room, um, she would, she was very confused. She would not answer in coherent sentences. I would say something and she'd say something completely off the wall. And I remember just feeling like, Lord, like I would really love to share Jesus with her. So I tried and it was just like, woo, you know, it was just nothing was like happening or anything. So I was like, okay, God, like only you can help her understand anything. So I remember the second day I was taking care of her at 4 a.m. I walk in her room to assess her, give her meds and take her vitals. And um, I was like, hey, Sally, like, how are you? And she started talking to me in coherent sentences. And like she was understanding. I remember thinking like, wow, this is like an open door. This is like God just like opened her understanding for a moment. Like maybe this is my opportunity to share with her about Jesus. And so I went ahead, I preached the gospel to her, shared with her about God's love and the need for forgiveness. And she decided to become a Christian at 4 a.m. in the 4 a.m. She decided to put her hope and trust in Jesus. She asked God to forgive her of her sins and that Jesus would be the Lord of her life. It was just so cool. So then um, a couple hours later, I go back in. It was like 6 a.m., go back in her room um, just to see how she's doing. And Sally was this same Sally I knew previously, just so confused. 
it was like, I'm like, do you remember, you know, what we prayed for? And she just really didn't, she just didn't know. Like it was just all of a sudden like this, her mind was opened and then it was just, you know, closed again. So I just, I want to share that with you guys, just knowing that there is, there are times that I believe God opens our understanding or opens people's hearts to receive him. Let's keep believing for people in our lives who are spiritually slumbering to be awakened to loving him in a greater way. Okay, I'm going to share with you guys some verses on being alert and awake. First of all, I'm going to share a quote from a really cool guy I know. His name is Derek. (laughs) He sent this to me actually yesterday. Jesus calls us to watch and pray because he knows our tendency is to watch and react. Isn't that good? I feel like the age of social media, a lot of people are watching and not necessarily going to the Lord in prayer, but they're watching and reacting. Everything online is they're just putting their thoughts out there, and we, we must watch and pray. Um, that's what Jesus didn't say, watch and react, watch and pray. First Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. Chapter 5, verse 8, Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So in these verses, why is or why are we called to be alert and sober minded? So we can pray. I love that. So we can pray. Also, another one, verse eight, why are we called to be alert and sober minded? So we can realize the enemy's schemes. We can have understanding of what he's up to. We don't want to. We don't want to be unaware of what you know what the devil's doing. That he is, ro- he is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour. And really, prayer is protection. Uh, he, God, protects us from the prowling lion who wants to destroy us when we pray. That's why He calls us to pray, to watch, and pray to be alert. Ephesians six eighteen. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Again, being alert and prayer go hand in hand. Mark thirteen thirty three. be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Verse 36, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. I feel like that's just kind of like a, oh man, Lord, I want to be on, on guard and alert. Like, I don't want you to find me sleeping, being, you know, having a spiritual slumber when you come back. Matthew 26, 40 to 41. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So again, you know, praying and watching go hand in hand here. We must be awake and alert in that place of, of prayer and just with what God's doing. And even, um, you know, this also says that watch and pray it guards you from temptation, lest you enter into temptation. So that's a, that's a key to uh, I want to continue to grow. And like when I am tempted, I need to I know that that's more of God's calling for me to like go to that place of prayer and just be with me. All right, number three. I'm going to discuss with you guys what I feel like. I feel like there's a lot of different things that we can be awakened to or like that we need to um, 
to grow, like grow in an awakening of, does that make sense? Like grow to awakening or an understanding of, like there's a lot of different things that we can, I could highlight tonight, but I feel like there's one main thing that God is calling us to be awakened in or awakened to um, in this hour. And I believe it's simply our devotion to Jesus, our intimacy with him, our oil before the Lord and um, our love with him. And so there's a lot of different things that I feel like God wants us to be awakened in, but like there's one key thing that is preeminent, I believe, especially in this hour we're living. You guys can turn to Matthew 25 if you would like. And before I read uh, Matthew 25, you know, spiritual awakening really does um, start with just being with Jesus. And, you know, when we're with him, he gives us understanding of the end times, of eternity, of his love. And so, um, you know, I've noticed personally, like, when I go to God with my, like, list first, I think lists are awesome. Uh, I don't experience like God's presence like I do, but like I do if I go to him first and just think about like calm my heart and think about who is this guy I'm talking to? Like he is the creator of the heavens and the earth and Jesus came down and died for me. Like he loves me so much. And when I just connect with understanding like who he is, even before I pray and like just that intimacy that I have with him, when I just really just dial back and then I start just praying. And then that gives me personally just more faith to believe in the salvation of family members or the power of healing being released in the hospitals or pure, uh, you know, having revival being poured out. So, you know, let's just, let's go, when we go to the Lord in prayer, like, you know, just spend time with them and just think about how, who he really is to you. And I feel like that's personally, I know that helps me like escorts me into his presence in a greater way to connect with him and his love. Okay. So Matthew 25, I'm going to go ahead and read the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us in you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming." That's a heavy, it's a heavy uh, parable there. It's really powerful. Now I'm going to have you guys flip back a page or a scroll if you're on your phone uh, to Matthew 24 verse three. It says, "These are the um, okay." It says in there, "Now he, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us." When will be these when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? 
Now, this parable is one of the number of responses to the question that the disciples ask in Matthew 24, 3, which I think is just interesting. So this is a response that Jesus gave in regard, like his response is Matthew 25, the parable of the wise virgins, along with, you know, the other stuff that he said, but I want to draw our attention to that. But, but the disciples say, Hey, what is, tell us what are, you know, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And so Jesus goes on and shares a bunch of stuff. And then he also shares the parable of the wise virgins and the wise and foolish virgins. And I love this parable because it really does reinforce the call to being ready at an hour where we might not, where we don't know like when the second coming is going to happen. So, so also just, if you guys look at Matthew 24, um, you know, this is all about the, the signs of the times, the end of the age. And Jesus says a lot of things. He says that people are, many are going to be offended, betray one another, hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. The love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness will happen. Um, kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, um, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff is going to happen. And I believe like one of the keys to protecting our hearts from the temptation to betray one another or become offended, become bitter and to enter into lawlessness. I believe one of the keys is found in Matthew 25. It's that oil desiring for the oil of intimacy and really pursuing um, our intimate relationship with the, with Jesus first and foremost. So if you guys look at the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, um, you know, the wise virgins are the ones that took the oil and then their lamps. The foolish ones just took their lamps. They had no oil in it. And so, like, I've, I've heard this before, but our lamps signify our ministry. And oil signifies um, our intimacy with Jesus, our relationship with him. And so I know I want to be a, a wise virgin. Like, I want to take my oil first, my intimate relationship with Jesus, and I want to prioritize that above ministry. And I know sometimes I can, I can get things mixed up, and at times I can prioritize ministry or other things above my time with Jesus, but I just I want to keep fighting for this you know, in my life. Like I want to keep saying yes to Jesus. I, I have to prioritize this in my life. Like I, I must have oil with you, Jesus. Like That's what matters. Yes, ministry matters, and the things God's called us to all matter, but number one priority has to be Jesus. And, you know, just reading through this, like the bridegroom was pretty much on a different time frame than the, you know, probably the virgins thoughts, you know, they didn't, they didn't know like, Hey, he's going to delay, like what's going on. And even the disciples, you know, they, who would know, who would guess that 2000 years would pass and Jesus still hasn't come back. Like, it's kind of like, man, like when is this going to happen, Lord? Like, I kind of want you to come back right now. And, um, and really intimacy is going to be the thing that's going to get us through the delay with a vibrant heart. Intimacy will get us through that delay with a vibrant heart. And that's going to help us be prepared for when he does come back. Benjamin Franklin says this by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So when we fail to prepare, in our relationship with Jesus, it's we're preparing to fail. Like when we're when we um, when we don't prepare, when we are not the ones that 
goes and gets the oil and seeks after God and we're going to prepare to fail. Like that's just, I love that quote. Like that's just brutal, but it's true. I mean, you can look at that on all, all realms of life, like not just biblical. You can think of that as, you know, it can be applicable to a lot of different things too. Uh, Proverbs twenty one twenty says that there is a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. So here this proverb says that there's desirable treasure. Oil is in the dwelling of the wise. Foolish man squanders it. Squanders means to waste something in a reckless way, a foolish way, and it can also mean to... Um, to allow an opportunity to pass or be lost. And so a foolish man squanders it. He causes there to be an opportunity possibly for a relationship with Jesus to be lost. Like what if, you know, he thinks he has like a long life and that person doesn't, you know, and God takes them beforehand or, you know, takes them beforehand and they don't, they, you know, they thought, oh, maybe I'm gonna get radical when I'm 40, 50, whatever it is, age. But, um, you know, we don't want to squander our time or squander these opportunities that we have every day to be with, be with the Lord. I'm going to be closing here in a minute, guys. Y'all all doing good? <laughs> so I remember when I was at IHOP, um, I did Fire in the Night, which is a internship um, I prayed from midnight until 6 a.m. for three months. And at the time, I was like, I think I was like 18 years old. And I, and Mike Bickle was doing a series on, which I feel like he's always doing a series on like the end times. One second. And he was talking about the seals and the trumpets and the bowls. And he was just going through detail after detail, like every Friday. And I'm like, of what each of them meant. And I remember being like, I'm 18 years old. Like, what? What is happening? Like, the book of Revelation is going to happen? Like, there's just so much kind of scary stuff in the Revelation that I was just like overwhelmed by. You know, I'm like, I want to be radical and I want to love the Lord, but all this stuff is going to happen. Like, how do... So I just remember dialoguing with the Lord one night in the middle of the night, just saying like to the Lord, like, how like how can I keep going after after you, Lord, in the midst of persecution and the trials that are going to happen, the difficulties. And, um, you know, if these things are true in the, in the Bible of what's going to happen, like how then shall I live? Like what, what's important? Like how then shall I live? And I just remember the Lord speaking to me, intimacy sustains intensity. Intimacy is a thing that will sustain that intensity and that grace to continue to press on day after day and to keep running that race, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's that intimacy with him that's going to help us in the long haul. And when we get overwhelmed by life or what's happening in our economy and the nations and everything that's going on, like we, we have to just dial back and be like, okay, intimacy with Jesus is going to be the things that's going to sustain us. It's not getting out our swords and stockpiling food, which I think stockpiling food is fine. I don't know about the swords thing, but um, you know, it's not like it's just. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, do do you 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 do whatever you guys feel called to do, whether it's food food um, you know hoarding or whatever. Um, that's a different sermon. Um, so basically, you know, really, what's really needed, guys, 
is just being with Jesus, you know, and, and being a light for him. And, um, you know, that's just kind of, that's just what's been stirring in my heart. And I'm trying to live it out day after day as best as I can. Um, you know, just being a, a mom of crazy, crazy kids and life and love you, Noah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, anyways, I just wanted to close with you guys, close you guys and just like asking a few questions, things that you guys can maybe be thinking about in the coming weeks. But, you know, being awakened isn't necessarily, you know, going, because we always heard that term awakening, and I think it's a revival too. Like we need to have a revival in our hearts, awakening in our own hearts. But like, it's not just about going to like a conference or hearing a speaker. Um, I think that that's awesome. We should do that. But it's not just doing X, Y, and Z, but like really, um, being awakened are just, just basically prioritizing your time with Jesus, like, and doing the things that people don't see you do, like doing the things in secret. Like that's hard when you are just alone and like, God, is this really working? Like here I am again, like praying and reading my Bible. Is this really important? Cause sometimes it can feel like it's not important, but just know that it is, and it's going to be worth it. And God's going to, um, he's going to show, I believe he's going to show it to us. Like I always when I go and I share the gospel in the hospitals, I, I like to tell people who are Christians who feel like they can't do anything. I like to give them a vision for prayer because, you know, they're just might be bedridden or medically just ill. And I'm like, I believe that like, God's going to show us when we get to heaven, like the, all the stuff that our prayers accomplished and just being with him. And I believe like it's just going to be so, so real to us right now. It's maybe a little real here and there, but things are being accomplished and happening so much more than we have any idea about. And so it's so worth it to keep going, keep fighting the good fight of faith. So have you guys prioritized other things like or like ministry above intimacy with Jesus? Is your heart awakened in love with Jesus? Are you spiritually sleeping or are you alert? And let's, let's ask God, you guys, just to give us a greater love for him and just to awaken our hearts like that, like my dream, like he will, he will use things to shake us up and to uh, open our eyes so that we would just come to him. And that's, that's his heart. He just loves us so much. He loves you guys. He loves your family and your friends. And he wants us all just to surrender to him. And it's just, it's a hard, hard life sometimes, you know, just going for it after God day after day. But like I said, it's going to be worth it. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to pray and, and then we'll turn off the Facebook live and then we can gather together in groups and just pray through this. And you guys can, you know, in your small groups, um, ask the person, do you have a, a need for healing or any other specific prayer requests along with, you know, praying with whatever God spoke to you tonight. Let's make sure we lift each other up in prayer. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray. So Jesus, we just thank you God for, for your great love for us. Lord, I thank you that you are a God that wants our hearts. You want us to be awakened in love. Lord, I just pray that you would awaken your church in a greater way. You'd awaken us. You'd awaken unbelievers, that we would have true understanding of who you are, of your great love for us, of just even eternity and kingdom realities, that we would have a greater understanding of what is to come and the, the treasure that you have awaiting us, Lord, that's just so awesome. I just know I don't feel worthy, God, of your love. I don't feel worthy of any kind of rewards. But you are a God that, that says, um, 
that when we seek you diligently, that you reward us, Lord, and I just thank you for that. And tonight, God, we just pray that you would truly deepen our love for you, that we would grow in intimacy, that we would be like the wise virgins, that we would get oil in our lamps and we would prioritize our intimacy with you above all things, God. Lord, that when we go into the place of prayer and worship, that we would feel your presence, we would know your nearness, that we would know that you are God that hears us and you delight in us and you listen to us. I just thank you for that, God. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.